So Lord, because you are the word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be released to minister today through the word. Father, and through communion, Lord, we love you and we're so honored to be with you today to celebrate what you did on Calvary. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I heard that you guys had an awesome time, Teen Challenge, last night at the Seder meal. I wish I could have been there with you. Uh, we were out of pocket in, in Crossville. Uh, but uh, how many of you know that Passover is important? You don't understand communion unless you understand Passover. Did you know that? I'm going to get to that in a minute. But real quick, it's Good Friday today, isn't it? Did you also know that today is the beginning of Passover? Kind of cool. That doesn't coincide every year like that. This is the third time it's happened this century. And it's kind of important that you understand that. That it's, it's of God. It's not a coincidence. It's of the Holy Spirit. And there is a reason why today we're taking communion. I know it's Good Friday, and I know the work of Jesus on the cross is important. But I think we're to talk about communion today because there is a spiritual transaction that happens in communion that begun in Passover that you need to be aware of so that you can receive what Jesus wants to do through you that he paid to do on the cross. Amen? Okay. So again, today is Good Friday and the beginning of Passover. You don't really understand communion unless you understand Passover. So I want to talk about those things, okay? How many of you know that Passover and communion both are symbolic, right? They're symbolic of what God is doing, of what he's done, and what he's going to do. But they're not just symbolic because symbolism, symbolism unto itself is pointless, right? It's a flag. It's saying, hey, this is what God is doing in our lives, what he's done in our lives, and what he's going to do in our lives. How many of you know that communion is the fulfillment of Passover? Did you know that? Did you know that communion is the fulfillment of Passover? And just like Passover, when we take communion, when we celebrate communion, there's something spiritual that's happening in us because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, they didn't just celebrate Passover. Israel didn't just celebrate Passover to celebrate it. They celebrated it because of what God was doing in them and what was happening in their freedom. So there was a spiritual exchange. And we don't take communion just to take communion. We take communion because there is actually something happening in the spiritual realm that's being released from heaven every time we take communion. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Every time we take communion, God is releasing something from heaven that he promised through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. Isn't that neat? Isn't that really neat? Unlike Passover, we don't celebrate communion just once a year, do we? We do it as often as we're able. So when you leave here today, I want you to feel empowered and kind of excited to take communion as much as you feel led to take communion. Take it every day if you can. Take it every hour if you can. As much as you can take communion, you should take communion. Because, again, communion is a prophetic fulfillment of Passover. Okay? 
I want to go to Exodus 12. So if you go to Exodus 12 with me. This is God's instructions to the Israelites during the first Passover when they were in slavery in Egypt, right? So verse 1, when the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave them the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their young lamb or goat at twilight. Verse 7, they are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat or raw, raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, the legs, the internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. Okay. So, remember, Egypt had enslaved Israel. And on the, the eve of Passover, God sent an angel of death. To, to take the firstborn of each house, right? And what did the Israelites have to do so that they wouldn't be affected by this angel of death? They had to smear the blood of the lamb over their doorposts and on the side of their doorposts. Before they did that, as a family, as a community, they participated in a Passover meal, right? So Passover had two purposes. The first purpose was to identify God's people and his family, right? When we take communion, just like Passover, it's identifying us as God's family set apart to him for his purposes to display his glory on earth, okay? That's the first purpose of Passover and communion, right? It's to identify us as part of God's chosen family. What makes you chosen to God's family? Very easy, saying yes to his call. So everybody is included. Uh, you may feel like you don't belong, but if you're here today to participate at this table, you belong to God's family because you have received the call. You are a part of God's perfect family. The second purpose of Passover and communion was what? Or Passover especially. Passover was to protect us, to place us under the covering of God's shelter right so they put the blood on the doorpost and that was a sign that death could not come into this dwelling right they were protected they were underneath the covering of god almighty <laughs> right so when we celebrate passover we're declaring we're part of god's perfect family we're set apart we belong to him but we also are placing ourselves again underneath his protective covering isn't that wonderful? It is. Now fast forward a thousand years. Israel is in slavery again, like always, but not specifically to Egypt. Who are they in slavery to? The Romans and our sin. 
sin, right? It's slavery to sin. Jesus said this in John 6. This is important. I want you to listen to this. John 6, verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you can not have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And how many of you know it is hard to understand? You need revelation from the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty tough message, isn't it? Of course, you too, if you were not there for the right reasons, would be confused by what Jesus was saying to the multitudes who had gathered there to receive a miracle from Jesus, but instead heard Jesus talk about cannibalism. <laughs> kind of weird, right? The reality was, was that Jesus was explaining the fulfillment of Passover through his sacrifice on the cross that would be celebrated for eternity at the table of communion. Isn't that wonderful? Of course, his disciples couldn't connect the dots because they weren't actually there for Jesus. They were there for what Jesus could do. But Jesus is a spotless lamb. His blood was given for atonement for our sin and our death. But in the new covenant, his blood is not just going to cover us and surround us. In the new covenant, because of his blood, he's going to live in us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? See, the new covenant is fulfillment of an old covenant. Now, because of Jesus, through communion, you are not just underneath the shelter of the Almighty. You still are. But more than that, the Almighty now lives inside of you. This is why Jesus said to his disciples in John 6, You must eat my flesh and drink my blood, and you will live in me just like you did in Passover. You'll come underneath the covering of the Almighty, but even more so, I will come into you. Isn't that wonderful? Last scripture, Luke 22. The Last Supper. How many of you remember when the Last Supper was? It was yesterday. But it was also the first day of Passover. Verse 14, Luke 22. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Verse 19, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces, gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this 
in remembrance of me. Now that word remembrance is not saying take this sacred meal, take this sacred offering and make it a religious attraction that you do just to have activity in the church. This word remembrance actually means step into again. Restrike the sacred love that I confirmed on the cross by stepping into this again. Remember what I'm doing. Verse 20. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So in that moment when Jesus was blessing the cup, blessing it as his blood, what he was saying is, as you drink this, you are again smearing my blood on the doorpost of your heart and on the top of your heart, but even more so, you're stepping into a greater revelation of Passover. You're inviting my life into you. So you understand that when we take communion, what we're actually doing is we are inviting the presence of a living God to come dwell within our dwelling again so that there cannot be space for anything that is not of Him. Did you guys know you are what you eat? You are what you eat. We take communion not to just remember but to reconfirm who we've become. <laughs> you are what you eat. And how many of you also know that Jesus is a jealous God? He's not sharing the rent space in the dwelling he paid for with his own life. So when you take communion, you actually evict depression. When you take communion, you evict sickness. When you take communion, you evict the works of hell and you invite the works of heaven to live again in your life because the blood of Jesus has sealed the doorpost of your heart and you are no longer yourself, but you are a temple of the Holy Ghost and the living God most high lives inside of you. See, to understand communion, you must understand Passover. At the communion table, we come into the cloud of witness again. When we take communion, we're stepping into the eternal cry in heaven and on earth. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. But he's not just king around us and among us. He is also king in us. See, this is what, what communion is. This is why Jesus did this with a group of his most beloved followers. Because it's a family meal. It's a family meal. When we do this, we're actually participating with the cloud of witness that has gone before us. And we're, we're striking in our hearts again the reality that we have been crucified with Christ. Our old man is now dead. He's dead. And the new man, Jesus, is alive in us. And whatever we're walking through, whatever we're struggling through, has to submit itself to what we receive at this table. The body of Christ and the blood of Christ that was poured out on the cross, laid in a tomb, but resurrected into eternal life. So Lord, we thank you for 
communion, God. We thank you for the table, Jesus. We thank you for your body, Lord, that was broken out. We thank you, spotless lamb, that you died as a lamb so you could live and roar within us as a lion. We thank you for your body. We thank you.